Today's podcast is sponsored by Logos Bible Software, the premier Bible study and research tool for serious students of the Scripture. To find out more, check out logos.com slash docanddevo. And if you use the promo code docanddevo7, you can get Charles Spurgeon's commentary on Philippians for free. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. And I'm Jen Thorne. Joe's wife. Yeah! Oh, you're, you're much more than that. Not much. No, no, no. no. Come I mean, on that's now. That's kind of the highlight. Of that is not. The that's the highlight of your life. It, that's true. That's the highlight of your life. Yes, so, Jen, you kind of slummed it by marrying him, but there's there's a lot more to you than just being my wife. Yeah. Than having a troll that lives in your house. Well, and he hardly lives there lately, so. Uh. Oh, <laughs> this just became a this I'm, just I'm became a now. marriage counseling <laughs> session. I'm, I'm here this now. just became a marriage counseling <laughs> session. The only time you could spend quality time with your wife is when we're recording a podcast. Only just for another. I'm leaving oh one more my. time. Oh, and this then is I'm good. not leaving again for a long time. This sounds like a kind of a discipline issue. And that's definitely not. You guys sign off on my travel, so. Uh, uh, yep. I remember signing off yep. on this. All the elders sign off on my travel. Well, I'm not an elder, so. That's right. I will say that I met a lady at um, a shower today who said, is Joe Thorne going to be preaching tomorrow? And I said, yes, he is. And he, she said, good, because every time I go, he's not there, and I don't believe he exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I almost exist. So um, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, where you're from and the family and all that? Um, I am originally from Germany. I came to the States to go to college, which is where I met Joe. And uh, we've been married now, what, almost, almost 20, 20 years. 20 years. we got four kids. You are a saint. 20 yeah. years with this. Yeah. <laughs> good with times. This. Good times. And he didn't even look this good before. <laughs> no, I look worse. I was fatter and uh, I didn't have a beard. I saw somehow, those photos. Somehow balder, yeah. I am definitely Wait. balder. <laughs> <laughs> you were balder? No, I'm balder now. Is that what you mean? Now, for some reason, I remember, I just, when I picture you from a while ago, even though you didn't have a beard, maybe that's what it is. You just seem balder, even though you had hair. I, like, I don't know. I, I looked like Caillou when I was bald with no beard. And everyone bald. hates Caillou. Yeah, because he's Canadian. So, no, we're, that's not, gonna, why they hate we're not talking about Canadians like, again. Caillou is the sample of Canada. That's all you need to know. Want to know something about Canada? Caillou. Actually, that's kind of true. They, yeah. They, there's Little, a lot of whining. Yep. There's some whining. Some whining. Loonies and toonies and all that Loonies stuff. Loonies and toonies. And uh, Jen, you write, you have a blog, jenthorne.com, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you speak, you do some speaking at women's conferences. And uh, you're all around awesome person and my best friend. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> best friend. Yep. You know, I'm not going to argue it because it's your And wife. my rankings with Jen never change. I'm always like number five. <laughs> His change with four me. kids and I'm always up and down. All right. So um, what's been going on, guys? What's, what's, uh, what's new? Jen, what's new with you? Um, not much. Joe was gone in Texas last week, so I uh, was with the kids. And he was gone the week before? No, two weeks ago. Two weeks two ago. Weeks you were ago. Gone. Yeah, two weeks ago mm -hmm, as well. Mm -hmm. And he's leaving on Tuesday for the last trip of the year. Hmm. And the last trip for a long time. Yeah, for a long time. I don't think you have much lined up. Nope. So. Well, there's that one thing in February. No, there's not. Stop it. <laughs> there's nothing in February. Yeah. What? 
You got that one conference. No, I don't. Yeah, in Florida. That's in February? Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's later in the year. No, it's February. No, I don't think so. He does not know any of his stuff until the day before. Yeah, I don't really. There was actually a moment where we were sitting in this office and you're going through your emails. You're trying to clean it all up. Uh, No, no, you're looking through your calendar. Right. And all of a sudden there was this event for the next week. And he's like, I'm supposed to be speaking at a conference? What (laughs) conference is this? What's going on? And he's searching through his emails. He can't find anything. Finally, you realize, no, they had asked you about it, but they never confirmed. Yeah. And they had moved on and went with somebody else anyways. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so, okay. Joe's really loving this right now. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> Let's bring Jen back. That's great. And Jen's being so cool. Um, like, we're smoking and everything. We always smoke when we record the podcast, and she's not complaining. No. Well, she doesn't complain anyway. She never complains. But I asked her, I said, do you want us to put it out? She's like, no, it's fine. That's yeah. very nice, Jen. Thank she, you. The smells Thank you for coming you. into our, you know, area. Our, our culture. Our culture. <laughs> and not trying to change it. Oh, really? We appreciate yeah. that. Oh, Thanks for not being yeah, well, the Yoko of our group. Thank you for in- <laughs> <laughs> thank you for inviting me to have your front row seats to your spectacle here. And that That's right. Takes place. That's what it is. What about you, Joe? What's been going on other than uh, traveling, not seeing your family, not being there with them, not helping uh, out at home? I'm here now. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. And, but well, uh, you're not really here now because you're here with us. You're not really there with them. But no, so with that, no, yeah, we, got, like, we got to do this. It's uh, I don't know what's new. I think um, things are uh, things are good. Excited to preach tomorrow. And, For the first uh, time in like five weeks? I think they still remember me as Pastor <laughs> Joe. I'm not sure. Uh, we had a vote last week. What happened? Uh, you still, you're still in. Okay, good. Happy, <laughs> happy saying, Pastor Appreciation Month. <laughs> <laughs> you, they, yeah, we kept you. So, no, yeah, I think things are good. Um, I don't really know what's going on. Mom and dad at the house, grandma at the house, kids, wife, we're all, having, I think we're having fun. But it's just been a hectic season mm-hmm. and we're eager for it to get over. What about you? What's going on with you? Yeah, um, season has it's gotten better. You know, it's slowed down, but now it's actually starting to ramp back up a little bit at work. Uh, just with the year-end uh, needs of some of our customers, they got to try to get everything they can in November and December, and then they slow down come January. Nobody February. cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> but, you know, this is my really, life. This wow, is my life. Boring. This is, uh, and, you know, things are good at home. I'm actually, I'm home, so that's good. Not right now. Nice. Not right now. No, you know why? Because I'm there six days out of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, out of the last week, how many days have you been there? I was there yesterday. Okay, so one day? I was there yesterday, right? Saturday? Yeah, so one day. All day? No, you were not there all day. Oh, I don't know. Okay. So I was there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm here now. Uh, so what are we going to talk? The reason we're bringing Jen in is because um, I don't get to spend enough time with her. And it's the only way he gets to. Yeah. He's on the podcast. Really, we, um, we wanted to talk about women's ministry. And there's, uh, there's a lot of reasons why we wanted to talk about this. But maybe to start, Jen, um, when early on, uh, when I would, uh, in the life of Redeemer, when we, we started right away, we had a women's ministry. And I had a lot of pastors say, whoa, why would you allow there to be a women's ministry in your church? Why do you think, and maybe, you, maybe you're not sure, but why do you think some pastors don't want there to be a women's Bible study or a women's ministry. And before you answer that, while you're thinking about that, do they really use the word allow? Some of them do, yeah. That, that to wow. me sounds really arrogant. Yeah. Well, to say something like that, why would you allow? Official ministries of the church must run through the elders, so it makes sense. I don't know. I feel like there's something I, else kind of if, behind if somebody that. Wants like somehow say, it wasn't am worth I gonna, the time. Am I going to allow an official Redeemer Fellowship uh, 
uh, vegetarian ministry. <laughs> and we happen. got that. Yeah, but we don't have that. But it would have to be okayed by the elders for us to do that. I know you're trying to defend that word, but I just feel like there's something else behind that word. It sounds pretty arrogant. You you sound like an egalitarian. No, I just have appreciation for uh, women and the ministry that Jimmy likes the ladies. That's that's what you're saying. I'm not going to play the game with you. I'm not playing. I'm, not playing I'm just game saying you, you. like I'm not playing ladies. the game with you. I'm just okay. I'm just saying it just sounded kind of arrogant. We we brought it. It definitely did. Thank you. Wow. So why do you think? <laughs> do do you have any inklings as to why some pastors don't like the idea of a women's Bible study? Goodness, I haven't, it wasn't until you had brought it up a while ago that I had even known that there were pastors who were so against it. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that they, they in their experience, it turned out to be some gossip fest or something mm. like that. There, there really wasn't much right. yeah, I mean, happening it, there. It's, it's, the same, it's the same pushback that I get against congregationalism, that they had, they've seen a bad example or they experienced something bad, and so they're just completely against it. Instead of saying, well, you know what? Maybe the worst example is not the only example. Exactly. And maybe I shouldn't allow this to taint my whole view of con- congregationalism or uh, a women's ministry. So let's, let's talk about women's ministry and why we actually need them. Why are they valuable? Well, why would we need ministries that are geared towards men? Why well, would, maybe, those be, would those be? Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't. Maybe we just need a, an all-inclusive um, male-female ministry. Why, why would we need any separate ministry that targets men or women? Well, I think in, when you have groups that are just male or just female, it allow, it's a different dynamic. It mm. allows for conversations that you're not going to have when everybody is together. Right. So I, I think there's definitely a lot of value in that. It all depends on how it's run. For sure. And I think that also uh, it allows people that understand what's going on, like, you know, a, women can minister to women better than a man can minister yeah. to a woman because uh, they're having this, they've had some of the same experiences um, that, that they've had that we just yeah. don't understand. Right. And there's right. a, there's a, I think there's a freedom, like when, when, when men are talking to each other, there's a freedom that we have to address yeah. things in a certain way that we wouldn't with a woman. And women have the same kind of freedom to address each other in a way that they might not if they were talking to a man. Right. So I, I, I find it to be uh, valuable and necessary, but some people really don't. So, so assuming that it's a good thing, and I, and, mm-hmm. I, and I believe it is, I think we can conclude that uh, gender-targeted ministries can be really helpful and necessary in the church, especially when you just look at Titus, right? That yeah. older women are supposed to yeah. teach and train up the younger women. Right. And that doesn't necessarily mean older in age, but you know, older in wisdom, older in, in the Lord or in the faith. Why, like, what are some of the reasons why this would be important for, for women to have? Um, like, what are some of the issues that you might want to address to women? And are they different from what we might address among, uh, in a men's ministry? I think some would be different. Some would be the same. I think the ones that would be different would be, you know, you have this opportunity to talk about motherhood mm-hmm. and all its various facets and um, the role of a wife and friendship amongst women, things like that. Um, but then there would be a lot of stuff that would be similar, you know, Bible studies, going through books of the Bible or yeah. theology, you know, different topics like that, that should be a part of both. Now. Some people might think, like, well, what's the problem? Women's ministries are booming. Like, uh, we got Beth Moore and all these other people writing books. There's all kinds of ladies' studies, and, uh, you know, they're all, they're all over the place. So um, 
they don't, they don't see the problem, but I know you, know, you and I talk about it, Jen, and you seem to have a problem with a lot of women's ministries out there. Uh, what are some of the current problems in women's ministry today that, from your perspective? And why do you hate women? Why? Yeah, really. Because <laughs> yeah. Jimmy likes the ladies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm trying to oh, understand yeah. why. I do not hate <laughs> the women, but I do hate the Bible studies that are out there for women. I feel like most of them that are written by women, um, not all, but most, are just flimsy and, mm-hmm. I don't know, I almost, uh, almost insulting. To, to women that they're so light, they don't cover much, you walk away and I think you're, you forget what you, the study, it doesn't stick with you. It's not really grounded in scripture, even though you read a billion verses. It's moralistic lessons and emotional, I don't know. Just so what's missing from a lot of these popular women's Bible studies? Um, think good exegesis. Mm-hmm. Think they a lot of the studies are more like eisegesis mm-hmm. right and uh um i don't know what it's called when you think of like when it's all focused on you yeah this, uh, this kind this, of self-focused yeah. or whatever it's almost like self-focused eisegesis where you yeah. put yourself into the book and the text and yeah. you read a couple of verses and you go straight to what what about me how does this affect me and uh, the bible becomes very self you become very selfish with the Word of God. I know one of the things that you're really passionate about um, is, is theology and how um, you know you want women to be strong theologians. You want these Bible studies to be to have a strong theological bent, where um, we're understanding the character of God and and, and the work of God. And so there, there's got to be some because you're not the only awesome theologian out there. Mm-hmm. I think you're an awesome theologian. Uh, when Jen quotes the Puritans, it's like. It's super, mm-hmm. it's super awesome. I want to smooch you really bad. I, I want you to know how down. awkward it is for me yeah. sitting in this I'm room while they're staring right into now. each other's <laughs> eyes. She's like, Jen, it's kind of really weird for me. Do I need to leave? No, well, you, it, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> just saying. I could, if Jen I could starts quoting Thomas Watson, you better leave. I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. So what, what are I feel bad for Jen. She's all red right now. Oh, she's fine. She, she's bad. Come on, man. She wants to smooch me right now, too. So, so Jen, is that true? All that. Do you want to smoosh me right I'm now? I'm going to have to say no because See? of the cigar. It kind of okay. cancels uh, it out. All right. Well, I'm not a cigar fan. Okay. Well, let's not. Let's well, that's not a subject we'll talk let's about later. Get, let's <laughs> get into that. So there, there's got to be some strong um, Bible teachers and theologians who are women out there. Who are, some of the, who are some of the women that you really resonate with and that you would encourage people to, to check out and to read? Yeah, there are a number of them. Sadly, not as many as you would hope. Um, Gloria Furman. Mm. I think everyone, if you're a mother you got to read Gloria Furman, but not just because of that. She's just overall an awesome writer and teacher. Um, Jen Wilkins is amazing. Right I would say read everything that she's written. Um, yeah, there, there's a bunch. Trillia Newbell, um, Melissa Kruger, Courtney Reisig. She wrote a book called um, Accidental Feminist, and it's just great. There's a lot of really good stuff that's out there, but you have to hunt for it. It's not, yeah. you know, you're not going to find it at, on a normal shelf and, you know, like, so, like, what's the kind of stuff, like, because I don't read, you know, that, this is my ignorance coming out now. Uh, I don't read some of these books. Uh, so, what are some of those, like, give me some examples. Like, what are some bad ones? Like, who would you stay away from? Or what do you, kind of stuff do you stay, <laughs> do you just try to get rid of? Or I, I guess yeah. I just don't read any of the women ministry material to have an understanding of what's going on. Right. Um, and I do think that's one of the problems. 
When was the last time, Joe, that you read a book by a woman? Uh, not, ver not very long ago. I just read uh, Joan Jung on the Puritans. So, yeah. yeah how long ago was that? Maybe six months to a year. Really? Not Any really. other books you read? Um, I'm a big fan of Jen Hatmaker. Is that <laughs> are you just are you like just reading? Are you just trying to remember some titles? No, you've no, seen? I'm making fun because uh, there's, there's some problems there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're right yeah. that um, we're not reading a lot of yeah. books written by women. And wh well, why should we? Why why should pastors be reading books by women? Because there's a lot of dangerous stuff out there, stuff that's becoming really popular. And women, I, and I don't know why this is, uh, and I'm just going to kind of generalize, but um, for some reason there seems to be some discernment that's lacking in. Not everybody, but there seems to be just this mentality of yeah. if they are popular, then they must be okay. And so everybody kind of follows all these popular teachers when really they are. You are distracting me. Sorry, Jimmy's asking for the lighter. I don't know where it is. So go ahead, Jen. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> so like, let's, uh, let's go ahead and can you hand that lighter right there to Jimmy? That's a, bo that's a bottle of water. Right that's You're some right. ink. There's a lighter. <laughs> Jen's very unfamiliar with cigar <laughs> accoutrement. <laughs> All right, so there are some bad teaching. There's some bad teaching out there. Yeah. And when, when most pastors think about bad teachers, they think everything from Joel Osteen to T.D. Jakes, um, you know, Creflo Dollar to uh, Stephen Furtick. But we, we don't hear like a lot of pastors talk about women teachers that are creating problems. What are, what are right. some women teachers out there that, that you think are getting a lot of attention but really should be avoided by women in the church? Um, well, I think what well, I'm sure you're familiar with her is Sarah Young and her book, Jesus Calling. You know, I mean, she came out with that a, a number of years ago, um, but she wrote it because she was tired of having this one-way conversation with God through prayer, and she wanted to hear from him as well, um, which I think right there is a misunderstanding of prayer yeah. and the role of that, that, you know, prayer is us talking to God and he talks to us through his word. So she had read this other book from the 30s by anonymous, two anonymous women, if I understand correctly, that basically said they just kind of emptied their mind and they just waited for God to speak to them. So she decided to try this with pen in hand and empty her mind and started getting these messages that she said were still, they weren't contrary to scripture. And she started to write them down and that it completely um, you know, revolutionized her prayer life. And women have just been flocking to this mm. like, cra like crazy. I mean, she sold 10 million copies and it still is flying off the shelf. And she's come out with a second book. So it's addressing something that's good, right? This idea that we are created for and long for intimacy with God. Yeah. We yeah. want to talk to him. We want to hear from him. We want to know him. But she's tapping into some mystical nonsense. It's occultish. I mean, it's occultish. It's, it's very Catholic, I think, in some ways. Um, there was this thing called, uh, let me see, what was it called? It's like automatic writing or something, something mm -hmm. like that, where it was a very mystical thing where you just basically waited for the divine to take over and, and write for you almost. And it just seems very similar to this. Um, but what is... What is crazy is that she got her master's at Covenant Theological Seminary. Uh, hmm. She goes to PCA, reform. She she says, "I am conservative. I am reformed." Um, and but this means she's this not. Is, <laughs> but this is dangerous. And either she is completely miscommunicating, 
what she's, you know what I mean? Like just what doing a terrible job, do. yeah. right? She's intending to do, but what is happening is that everybody else who's reading it, and, and I don't think she is necessarily, but it's just. Well, I have, I have read through Jesus Calling, and so there's one, <laughs> but uh, not a good one. Um, and yeah, I don't think she's miscommunicating anything. I think she's pretty good at communicating what she wants. Mm -hmm. And that's very gracious of you to be like, well, you know, maybe she's just, you know, not that good of a writer. But um, I definitely see uh, real danger there. And this is an abuse that we see in the worst examples of the charismatic church. We have, we have charismatic brothers and sisters that we love yeah. and we're partners with them in so many different ways. But when it comes to, you know, additional revelation from God that carries the authority of Scripture, there is a real problem. Well, so, I, I think ahead. women have, you know, women are, tend to be known, not all, of, um, you know, not really liking theology that much, having a hard time with Bible study. That, that seems to be a struggle. And this makes it very easy. I mean, why study my Bible if I can have God just talk to me directly? Something and the, fresh, yeah. And the Scriptures become insufficient. Mm. They're not enough. I think that's the message, whether she wants to or not, that's the message right. she's giving. And why would you not pick the easier way? Yeah, I like easy. Yeah, I'll take easy any Hit day. Hit that easy button. <laughs> oh, oh, so, and I, we're not going to turn this into a heresy right. hunt, but yeah. because there are so many people out there that are popular, who, who are some others that you would caution women against? Um, well, I think there's, the, I don't know, you know, the big, the big names like... Joyce Meyer, I think you know, she's extremely dangerous, and mm -hmm. most people agree with that. But then there are also other people like Kristen Kane, who for a while was a part of the IF conference, which is very popular. A lot of people um, are a part of that. I don't think she's any more al aligned with that anymore. I'm not sure. But her and her husband started a conference last year called Propel Women, and it's wildly popular. And their tagline is celebrating every woman's purpose, passion, and potential. And it's basically just this um, emotional hype, you know, you just go, everybody gets whipped up emotionally and feels great and all this wonderful music and then there, there's nothing of substance that's left. The gospel, the word gospel, she does use, but it's never defined, it's never, it's very vague, it, it, there's just nothing there. When you pull, put everything aside, there's nothing there for you to take home, really. And that's what God uses to transform us, right? The truth of his word, mm -hmm. like sanctify them in truth, your word is truth from John 17, 17 that if we aren't giving each other the scripture and the truths of scripture, then there's really nothing to work with there. The spirit has nothing to work with to transform our hearts. It's not to say that the spirit can't do what the spirit wants to do, but the spirit works with the word of God to transform, to sanctify, to grow and to build. So if we're offering motivational talks and hype, then all we get is a peak experience where we yeah. feel good, where we feel something and we come down from that, and so then we're just looking for those experiences over and over again instead of learning that the Word of God is the power uh, and that the gospel of, of God is the power not only of salvation but of our growth and intimacy with the Lord. So then what are some, you mentioned some of these uh, conferences to avoid, I guess. I don't know a better way. Of, I'm not trying to put words sure. in your mouth. Uh, what are some good conferences that you found that is edifying and beneficial? Goodness, I think, that, well, there's probably a number of them. I think, uh, I don't know if I can think of the names of them right now. Desiring, oh, is it Desiring God? Or Together for the Gospel, Women. Yeah, Women Together for the Gospel. Yeah, yep. that one. I wasn't able to go this year, but I've heard phenomenal things about that. that yeah, Michelle, was, my wife went with that with a, a couple ladies from the church went. So yeah, it was really good. they enjoyed it. Yep. Good, yeah, and, and I think it has that. It has the music, and it has, I think, you know, emotional stuff is not bad. We're, you know, that we're emotional creatures. We and, should feel these right, truths. Right, we yeah. should feel, right. but it's got to be grounded in actual 
real truth. And I think, you know, that conference, for example, has all of that, you know, feeds you with deep spiritual truth and has the uh, practical, emotional part of it as well. So, I mean, this is what we tell people in general, right? That, you know, if you're looking at a book or if you're looking at a conference, find out who is yeah. involved. Who has yeah. written this and who are they aligned <laughs> with? Who's endorsing the book or who's speaking at the conference? What churches do they come from? And that doesn't you know, necessarily answer all of the questions, but it should give you a pretty good indicator of, of who we are talking about. Now, some of these people are going to hear you calling out, okay, so some of these women are kind of fluffy, but why is that so dangerous? Are there real doctrines? Are there doctrines that they're teaching that are mm. harmful yeah. to the Christian faith? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And some, well, with some, like, it's more subtle. Um, I don't know, like, okay, so um, Joyce Meyer would be the one that's real obvious. You know, you, all you have to do is listen to a few of her. You know who likes Joyce Meyer? Kristen King. Dudes in prison. Dudes in prison. <laughs> How do you Joyce know this? Meyer. How do you what? know that? Well, because our man, Scott Kalis, here at Redeemer runs a prison ministry. And so he's okay, making I'll disciples. Scott on this. He's making disciples. <laughs> And those dudes, love, and it's not because, you know, she's... Don't. So, well, I'm just saying. Don't. It's not no, for the, no. They're looking... Don't. They're not... Nice. I'm trying Thank to say you. the reason... See, see what I... I'm you trying to explain the thing. I'm trying to explain the why thing. they like her. Like, people think I overreact when it comes to you. They're like, you oh, do. You, just, you are, Jen. Like, you know my pain. Yeah. And I know your pain. I don't pain. even know what you guys are I talking think about. Jen, <laughs> and I have, I gonna say. Jen and I have this understanding right, here's of what, what it means to deal with you. Can I finish my sentence? Go ahead. They don't like her because she's a strong expositor. That's what I was going to say. They, uh, they like her because... Think, yeah, like I'm even sure Jen's calling it. <laughs> you know, okay, so maybe I was thinking something else. The reason they like her is because she teaches um, a kind of positivity mm. and, uh, and self-enhancement that includes prosperity. Yes. That's why they like her because <clears throat> she's holding out the promise of money and success instead of, you know, life from death uh, spiritually. That's why. So what are some of these doctrines that they, that they teach or that Joyce teaches that, that you would say, these are really dangerous. This is not something to play with. I'm not talking about, hey, they're kind of light and fluffy, but they're dangerous. Um, yeah. I mean, her whole view of salvation is extremely misleading and mm. dangerous. I mean, she, she believes that you, know, you can't be um, righteous and a sinner at the same time. You, once you are saved, you are righteous. You are no longer a sinner. And even her view of how our sin is paid for. On the um, cross, right? Yeah, kind of, on the cross. <laughs> Christ became sin um, and he ceased to be the son of God. And then he went to hell and he paid for sin in hell. And um, it was this whole thing, and she, she talks of, about it as if this was, she says, you know, nobody else knows about this. This is something that I'm telling you. This is kind of like vision or a word that God has given her to share. So this is a revelation. She it is said, a re revelation. revelation. Yes, she says, um, she says the Bible can't even find any way to explain this. Not really, not really. That is why you have got it by revelation. Um, mm -hmm. There are no words to explain what I'm telling you. I just have to trust God that he's putting it into your spirit like he put it in mine. And then, wow. um, so Jesus is in hell. The, the demons are pushing him down. They're trampling on him, put, you know, torturing him for three days. And then she says, Sunday morning, here comes the sun. And you can see this. Um, you can watch this video online. Um, she says, Sunday morning, God himself gets himself together. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, God. <laughs> yeah. She says, justice has been met somehow. Everything has been taken care of. And, oh, God gets his voice together, and he hummers up three words. I'm not sure what hummers means. 
and they go roaring through the universe and enters the gates of hell and he says it's enough it's enough and you know but she's very unclear as to is it just faith in Christ is there other stuff there seems to be a lot of Jesus yeah you got to believe in Jesus nobody defines what that is you push he pushes him to the side and then you just focus on doing stuff being mm. good person do you know I don't know but the problem is her teaching has trickled down so Kristen Kane um, calls her her spiritual mother and wants to be the next Joyce Meyer loves her to death um, and then you have Beth Moore who for years has put all these Bible studies together what's wrong with Beth Moore everybody loves Beth Moore she's been called out a number of times for her for using wording that talks about the con contemplative prayer stuff like Jesus calling of just emptying your mind and listening for God to speak to you and again it's really hard to tell if she's just using poor choice of words mm -hmm. or you know not being careful but then I wish she would just come out and say that right. and which she hasn't done um, but she has been a real um, encourage she calls Kristen Kane a big encouragement as well mm -hmm. she has gone to Joel Osteen's church when Kristen Kane was preaching there in order to um, encourage her but I mean, people get extremely upset if you say anything against Beth Moore. Right. Hmm. Very upset. I, I so heard Beth Moore gets a little uptight. She sometimes. is a Southern Baptist woman whose stuff is put out through it. But then again, you look at her Bible studies, and they're not necessarily dangerous. So she's in not the preaching Bible like studies. the Gospel of Works or something like that. <laughs> no. But, but this this revelatory aspect to her prayer life, the way that she talks, can at the very right. least be very confusing, if and in, not harmful. In recent years, she's become very um, interested in unity, not just among Christians, well, among Christians, but she includes Catholics and some other things that just make it, I don't know, I feel like our time is, is short. Um, the days are evil, as we can see. We don't have, why put that into your soul? Why not go with stuff that you know is solid and biblical um, instead of, I don't know, how, the fluffy stuff is not going to help you when, when, when you're going through suffering. Right. Mm -hmm. When someone's torturing your family and you have to not renounce Christ, having had that high experience emotionally is not going to be your strength. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's so what are some of the biggest needs that women face today, and how can women's ministries help? Um, I think women need to love God's word and need to be taught how to love God's word. Mm. And that theology is not boring. Um, I think... Many women don't see the connection between everyday life and theology. So a mom who's home all day with her little ones changing diapers and cleaning up the same messes a hundred times is not going to see how truly understanding the Trinity is going to have much of an effect in her day. And I think that needs to be, she needs to be helped to see that there is a connection. Well, I know in your writing and uh, in your speaking and in your relationships, you push for that. You, you, you push hard for women to see the connection between all of theology and the gospel and their current situation. And one of the things you said to me one time was um, really uh, transformative for my thinking. Uh, I remember you were saying, you were, you were talking, I think you were telling me how you were talking to some women, or maybe you were writing, and you were quoting Ephesians 2.10, that we are his workmanship in Christ, created for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And you were pointing out that um, the good works that God prepared beforehand, we tend to think, well, it's reading my Bible and it's praying and it's going to church and those things. But you were saying that the good works that God prepared beforehand include our vocation and our responsibilities in life or in mm -hmm. the home or at work. So those things that we see as 
painful uh, drudgery, if that's a word, that you, the things that we see as, as, as the bane of our existence, in your case? Laundry. Laundry, yeah. I know you hate laundry. Um, <laughs> that's why I wear the same clothes over and over again. So and that's why Joe helps with the laundry. Yeah. I, I help with the laundry by not by wearing the same pair of jeans. How many times have you done laundry in oh our 20 goodness. years of marriage? In 20 years of marriage, I, now I've done the dishes. I can, we can talk about laundry. that. Laundry. Laundry. I think um, I mow the lawn. You are and I do, <laughs> I do. I mow the lawn. And wait, I do hold on. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you mow the lawn. I mow the lawn. Yeah. You I mow wait, whoa. Yeah, the lawn. Yeah, wait a minute. I mow the lawn? When was the last time you mowed the lawn? <laughs> well, I've been I'm about to say the last time. Oh, the whole... I feel bad calling you out now. Okay, so listen, I, I've done, I've done, I've done laundry once in my marriage. Lawn once. I've done no, I do the lawn. I, 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 Last I've done, time I was at your house. Yeah, I saw somebody else doing the. Who lawn. was doing it? Was it Jen? Yes. Yeah, I, that was after after she did something else. Okay, li- okay. First of all, <laughs> wait, do you, wait, do you remember that thing? <laughs> what? Wait. Okay, we go to your new house. You're okay. showing me the house. Yeah. Look and at we this go house. Out to the, great. the new house. We go. Right. Look at the porch. Look at the porch. Let's go to the back porch. And there's Jen. Yeah. S- building a chair, put, <laughs> setting up a chair. Oh yeah. For you to sit in. <laughs> not for me to sit in. For us all to sit in. Listen. So I'm not Jen. good. I'm there's not good. Jen. <laughs> there's Jen putting together. I can't chair. put stuff together. And then we go downstairs. Yeah. And we're smoking a cigar. And right. she finishes the chair. Yeah. And then she goes and uh, cuts the lawn. Okay. First of all, Jen likes Jen likes to build stuff and she likes to mow the lawn, right? I, I do. Yeah. She I does. Oh, so now, now all of a sudden, I don't want to deny oh, I'm her. I'm serving my wife now. I am I'm serving my oh, wife. Oh, you know what we should have done? We should trade. You do the laundry, I'll mow the lawn. Listen, I did the laundry one time. I washed a pair of jeans and a t shirt all by myself. Mm-hmm. It turned out fine. That being said, Wait I don't, a minute. I don't you do only washed your house. laundry? Yeah, I even put it on. <laughs> I put it on Facebook. So you were gone speaking somewhere for a week, and I had to do a, my jeans because I only wash them once a week, so at the most. See, I don't do the laundry either. I uh, <laughs> I bought a machine, a bigger one. Don't call. What? Don't you? Why dare. would you I do that? I bought a laundry machine. <laughs> don't call no, Michelle a laundry machine. Do you remember machine. that? Remember, I sent you a photo. You called I Pat's wife it. a laundry machine. I tried. All right, Jen. I tried it, <laughs> and apparently, I did it wrong. Okay. Because. It was just soap coming out of everywhere. Oh my word! I took a, remember, I took a photo and it I posted. It can't be that hard. Well, I think it's difficult, and uh, I understand why Joe doesn't do it. We all have different. So gifts. what? How, how, different... So what household chores do you do? Well, Jen, we're got, we've got only <laughs> got so much <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, we only have so much time. Who's on this been finishing podcast. the basement? Oh yeah, that's why she builds stuff. Oh, she does. She is a builder. You're a hypocrite, dude. You've been calling me out. Yeah, I'm calling you out. I'm worried about that. I got past her hands. So actually, last <laughs> yeah. week, yeah, last week, uh, Cohen goes. Uh, my my son, we took his training wheels off a while ago. And how old is he? Five. Wait, he still got the training wheels on at well, five. No, that's good. That's no, what Killian was. Not like three. No. Get him oh, off at anyways, three. So I had I took it all off months ago, and he's been practicing, he's practicing. And last week he's like, "Daddy, I want it back on." It's I just want it on. I'm like, oh, no, can't do it ain't gonna happen. Nope. Not gonna happen. <laughs> nope, not gonna happen. So after about three hours of this, he finally goes, grabs the wrench himself, and puts the <gasps> training wheels on. Oh, oh, that's word. actually pretty cool. That's good. And uh, I, so I sent a video and a picture to my dad and everything, and all my dad's comment was, well, we all know who we got that from because it wasn't you. Right. <gasps> <laughs> I, just, I, I think what you just told us is that your son is not only a quitter – but he perseveres in quitting. That's like that's what's really cool. He quit, and then he put the training wheels back on. All right. So the question was: Is like, what are some of the biggest needs hate you. that that women face, and 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 how can women's ministries help them? So you said uh, developing a love for God's word, yeah, 
because that will change them. That that's what changes, right? That's right. what helps. I know, like there are various ministries out there. There's a there's a local ministry here called Wives of Noble Character, yeah. mm-hmm. and and the, like the, they focus. Uh, it's very Bible. It's very theologically oriented, from what I understand. A number of our, a number of our, and I've I've read through a lot of their stuff. And what I like about it is that while it, um, there are many things that it, they they could focus on appropriately. They really dial in on the woman's experience of grace and the gospel and how that transforms them mm. and helps them deal, uh, better deal, with the, the difficulties and the obstacles in marriage and in life. So that would be one I think that you uh, are appreciative of, right? Yeah, I've never done that study. I didn't have time this time to be a part of it, maybe next time. But um, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things of that. Um, Jen Wilkins has put out a few Bible studies that are pretty intense. I mean, you have homework to do, and it's some serious homework. And then she has, then she does a lecture after you do the homework. Um, you listen to her do like a forty-five minute lecture, which is just pretty. what's up. What okay? So what's up with? So I just saw a post, and I actually I know, but I'm asking for the podcast. Um, so I saw Jen Wilkins put up a tweet, and her tweet essentially said, "It's not a quote, but she essentially said, pastors." If you don't know who Jen Hatmaker, is that her name? Yep. Yeah. If you don't know who Jen Hatmaker is, you are um, not taking care of the women in your church, basically yeah. is what she said. What's, what's going on? What is she talking about? Okay, well, Jen, Jen Hatmaker, Hatmaker, can't even talk. Does she make hats? Is that her thing? She makes lots of hats. Okay. <laughs> that's her well, thing. I don't know. Maybe that's how she got the name. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, she uh, is wildly popular. She writes incredibly funny real life blog posts that just resonate with women you know whether it's about the pains of homework she has a way with words where every woman can say oh my word that is my experience and it's so funny it just kind of gives you some relief um, she's written a number of books she's uh, she you know done adoption and written a bunch of stuff on that I, I'm not, not sure if she did uh, Bible studies or not but women just follow her like crazy she's like a she's, she, a she's a she's a I don't mean charismatic theologically, but she's a charismatic person. Yes. She's, she's, she's gifted she's, and people are Likeable. You want to be her best friend. She gets you. Um, and she's very funny. She's very, very humorous on certain things. And it just, she's a good writer. She really is. But um, there's not a lot of um, biblical depth to what she puts out. And um, recently, uh, her books are sold through Lifeway or published. What oh, so Lifeway they're Lifeway. Do? They're Lifeway books. Oh, oh. or they so, sell them at Lifeway. Are they published in Lifeway? I don't know. Well, Lifeway just pulled her stuff. Okay, okay. Because she has aligned herself with the LGBT group and has come out very clearly in an interview saying that uh, homosexual marriages are holy. They were, she was asked, can a homosexual marriage be holy? And she said, yes. Um, and that has gotten her in a bunch of trouble. And um, But I So with that if, kind of influence, you know, people... Uh, you know, changing in their theology or adopting a position like this, it's naturally going to have uh, a big mag- magnetic pull to that view by a lot of her followers. Oh, yeah. And, of course, people who are speak out against her, they, I mean, they get some pretty big haters saying some pretty nasty things yeah. that um, you find that on Facebook or whatever. Um, but, yeah, but I don't know. It's just she has so much influence, and a lot of people are going to be affected by that. So, but I think it, the problem with what, when Jen Wilkins said that, I think 
she is calling out pastors in a, in a sense because I don't think many pastors really know all that's out there for women mm. that is dangerous. And their women, what is it, like half, half of their congregation are female? Usually, usually more, more than half. More than half. More than half. And they're feeding themselves with this. They have more, you know, more than 50% of their sheep are feeding themselves with junk, whatever mm. kind it is. And, and pastors seem to be oblivious with that. And, and, um, well, let's come back to that. Yeah. Let's come back to that in just a minute. Um, and so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm guessing, Jen, if if I was to ask you mm. the mm. best tool, yeah, what would that be? The best resource, <laughs> okay, for, just off the top of your head, off the top of your head, just something that, that if 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 I was going to say like if you wanted to give women a tool that would help them mm -hmm. grow in the knowledge of Scripture and have resources ready to really get serious about the Word, what would you recommend? Okay, my number one, probably all time favorite tool ever mm -hmm. would be. Logos Bible software. That's there right. We go. There Logos we go. Bible software. Jen uses Logos, don't you? I do. Yeah, Jen uses Logos. And um, we love Logos Bible software. We've been using them for years. Jimmy and I uh, use it every day. Yep. Here's the deal. Um, if you are already a Logos 7 subscriber, go to logos.com slash doc and devo. You can get a free commentary on Philippians by the man, the cigar-smoking, bearded Baptist pastor theologian Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Spurgeon! <laughs> oh my goodness. What in the world? <laughs> and um, if you don't use Logos, go to logos.com slash doc and devo and check it out. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, it, it's, it's expensive, but it's, it's not too expensive. And That's what right. I mean by that is you're going to get, like if you get your basic Logos package, you're going to get like over 700 volumes. So you're, you're, you're getting a fully equipped library with a number of commentaries, um, Bible dictionaries and encyclopedias, um, uh, original language helps and tools for Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic. Um, it really can help you. Uh, they, and the tools are not just going to say like, well, here's the Greek. They actually have a way of organizing it for you that's really helpful yeah. for you to begin to get into it. Plus, there are like Baptist history and Baptist theology um, and Reformed theology collections that that's you can right. add. So go to logos.com slash doc and devo and check it out. So, Jen, what can women in the church do to invest in women's ministry? And let's uh, just say, like, maybe there's nothing going on. Okay. Um, well, I think they should show up, and that's one of the mm. big problems that I think we are finding. Show up to what? To the whatever is provided in the, in the women's ministry, the Bible studies, whatever. So if there is a women's ministry, yeah. make it a point to be there. Right. And that, I think, has become a really big problem, even if it's really solid study, you know, I've talked to a number of um, pastors' wives, and their big problem is just having women come. It, so we even see this at Redeemer. Yes. At Redeemer yeah. Fellowship. We'll yep. have a ton of women yep. show up for the first. Right. And, and, we, and we have a great study that, you know, really our women put together themselves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, have, we have hardcore, awesome women who know scripture, theology, and we just turn them loose, man. Do your thing. And so we'll have a huge show up at the front end, and then what happens? It fizzles out. I'm not really sure why. Um, one time we had a study, and by the end we had three people. And how many started? I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe third. 130. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. So, um, so, no, like we're a small church. We have 250 yeah. people if you count the babies on yeah. Sunday. And so we, had a, we probably had 30 people or something like that, 30 yeah. women. So even to begin with, we don't have Enough. A, a big group of women that come. 
and then it just kind of fizzles out as it as it goes. So if there is a women's ministry, women should go. Husbands should encourage them to go. And how can husbands encourage their women to That's go? That's good. Yeah. By telling them that you really should go. You should you need to be there. This is good for your soul. And then also providing the means for them to be yes. able to go. You know, be home at that time yeah. if you got kids. Help put the kids to bed. Right. You know, take care of do all the laundry. Thing. Do the laundry, mow the lawn, put together the chair. Yeah. Um and yeah, just in, just love your wife and serve your wife so that she can go. Yeah, don't be passive aggressive about, oh, I've had a hard work, a hard day at work, and whew, I'm tired oh, tonight. Oh, it's tonight? And, oh, do oh, you really tonight? have to go? Uh, you really have to go? I, you know, I have a lot to do, so maybe you should stay. Yeah. Maybe you should stay home. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, 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 that's really Are you just common. recreating no, certain nights? I, <laughs> am I recreating? What do I do? No, you no, you we're not. Though I will say one time, maybe you've said that. <gasps> oh, she just threw me under the bus. <laughs> she threw me under no, the but, bus. You know, Jay Bond that stays it, in. Jay Bond that stays in. <laughs> it wasn't for Bible study. Yeah, I mean, we we have to. We have so husbands. If you're married, husbands have to not only say, not only encourage them, but make every opportunity for That's them right. to go. You're going to take care of whatever it is: dinner, kids, putting them to bed, family, whatever it is. So that your wife can go, and they shouldn't feel bad about going. That's right. Yeah. They should feel like, oh, this is this is like, listen, dudes, fake it if you have to. I got this. This ain't no problem. <laughs> you go. Don't worry about a thing. And then you can screw everything up, but let her go and take care of it as best as you can, um, and make sure when she comes back that she doesn't have to clean up your mess. Like do whatever it takes. Bring in a service master, whatever you got to do, <laughs> so that when she comes back, things are better than when she left. So and then okay. don't try to hold it over her later. Right. Like, oh, remember that one time? Mm, yeah. Remember, I I did that. I, let me go watch the Cubs game now. Right. I got you know. I what's got to the do point that. in watching the Cubs game? They All right. You lose. know what? Stop. And though <laughs> they just lost the last right game. Now. I'm how actually getting. How many runs did they score last game, Jimmy? Zero. That's right. Okay. Oh, All wow. right. You know what? You you. Just what is stop it like? It. Three. How long is a baseball game? Five hours. Uh, and they scored. One team scored one run. You have to be positive. We got a couple more games. It's the Th- most thank boring sport. Thank you, Jen. I'm getting all these texts from you know my neighbors than, right now. You know what's better than baseball? No. Joyce Meyer. No. Okay, Stop. let me just say that she's more exciting than my baseball. neighbors are like sending me messages. Hey, man, we're watching the game outside. Bring your cigar. All right, well, we'll wrap it up so Jimmy can go do that. Um, Ooh, well, and then we had a chili kickoff, uh, kickoff, and my chili won without me being there. Ooh, Damn. did you oh, make wow. it? I made it. Did you yeah. really? I made it today. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I, I you wanna, didn't bring me any. No, did Michelle make day. it or you make it? I made it. Ooh. What? I could. All right. I saw I her cake cook. that she made. It was incredibly good. Jen, wow. Jen is a white girl cakes. from Canada. She ain't cooking much. Let me just say, I'm just going to guess Wait, that. Jen? Jen is a white girl. You, what's your wife's name? <laughs> Michelle. Whoa, what is right. going on? My wife. What is wrong my wife, with you? I'm thinking like, <laughs> what the? Michelle is a white girl from Canada. She ain't cooking no chili. No. She, <laughs> yeah. she does not she, know chili. No, she ain't cooking chili. But you've taught her how to make like breakfast burritos and stuff, right? Why? Because you, well, because you're like Guatemalan or whatever. No, they're, they're, they're good burritos. Yeah. Did you help her? No, she figured it out. She really figured it out all she by herself? Figured, it's not that hard, Joe, to, to make a breakfast burrito. Really? Did you tell them that, we, that when we talk about our church, we say how it's super diverse it is? Because what, we, Jen? Oh. What, Jen? Hold so on. Our church, listen, our church <laughs> let, let, let Jen talk. All right, I'm going to let Jen church, talk. Our church, we are in a, a community that's 96% Anglo, okay? But for a community that's 96% Anglo, we have... Hispanic, and we have Indian, and yep. we have Guatemalan. Uh, Guatemalan. We but, have Canadian. So, so with Jimmy, what were you thinking? We were saying how we mark him down for a whole number of different nationalities yeah. <laughs> because he can fit a whole bunch. I can fit all of them. So, what, what does Jimmy fit? 
Well, you named already a bunch no, no, of them. No, you, you named no, a few others. Gonna... Don't throw. Don't do that. Jen was saying, Jimmy, Jimmy, she says, Jimmy can hit Guatemalan and can hit, but Jimmy can also hit, you were saying like, Jimmy can hit like Hawaiian and Samoan and Mexican. Okay. But she was saying like, he can be everything. So I'm not the only one that says inappropriate things. My wife does. Yeah. Well, she's been married to you for 20 years. That's you true. You rubbed I off on definitely her. definitely have corrupted her. What What if women are in a church and there is nothing? What can they do? They can read. Mm. Yeah. It, it, you know, I, I used to hate reading. Absolutely hate. I so remember. I understand. I remember. I understand. You got out of Moody. You did not want to read I was read not going to ever read another book again in my life. But um, God changed my heart. You helped me as well. Yeah. <laughs> but um, reading is really important. I, I forget who said it. Maybe it was even Spurgeon who said, "You can't be a Christian if you don't if you don't like to read," which is really harsh. Mm-hmm. But um, but there is truth to it because sure. you know God has allowed people before us, or even people in our time as well, to have um, not necessarily special understanding of God's word, but a way of explaining it that just is very helpful. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, people from hundreds of years ago to now, we have so much available to us. And can't women, so like, so, okay, so take it upon yourself to start reading. Yes. And, and, and pick good books. And Jen's going to recommend some books for us. So they'll be in the show notes. So mm-hmm. these will be Jen's recommendations, not Jimmy and my recommendations of what you ladies should read. This is coming from Jen. Yep. Now, but, okay, so they can read, but can't they also partner with other women? Should, should they be bringing other women into something? And sure. It, does, but could that become like an issue, a problem for the church? I mean, uh, is that going to be a divisive issue if, if one woman starts saying, hey, there's nothing here. Let's start, let's start studying together. I don't see why it would turn into a problem unless they end up picking terrible things to study. But right. I mean, I don't know if they would. I mean, I don't think we would have to go to the elders and be like, hey, can we read this book together? I mean, that's kind of silly. But women are free to get together, read a book together and discuss. What about this? What, like, so we want to ask the question, what should pastors be doing yeah. to better help <clears throat> disciple the women of their church, uh, especially as it relates to women's ministry. And maybe you can roll this into it. Maybe, uh, so what can pastors do and what can women do when there is nothing? If they're not offering something to women, uh, what can women do? What can pastors do? Okay, I think pastors need to be aware of what's out there, the good and the bad, yeah. especially the bad, and be able to um, warn their congregation of that I mean not like heretic hunting but just if it comes up because a lot of times like if people if if I hear like you might do like a sermon illustration of something you know that somebody said that was terrible and I don't think I've ever heard in a sermon illustration anything from a woman that somebody that that a woman said that was always like somebody you know some other heretic maybe <laughs> that happens to be a man but never from from a woman so I think yeah, uh, good point so just to know what's out there what are people what are women reading, what's popular, who are the popular people that the women are following. So and the pastors same with- need to address specifically the popular teaching that is potentially leading women astray. That's right. Because we, we do tend to focus on the, the male preachers and teachers out there um, when in reality among women, those are not the popular preachers and teachers. No. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and just... Even to not necessarily always do it from the pulpit, but to be able to have conversations one on one and not be ignorant of what what's going on. So pastors need to be educated. They actually need to be intentional right. yeah. in finding what are good resources and what are bad resources. Yes. And not neglecting, I guess, the shepherding and the right. care of women. Yeah. 
So if our church wasn't so awesome and perfect in every way, mm-hmm. um, um, what? What? <laughs> no? I'm out. Okay. Ahead. So yeah, just be quiet. So if so, if a woman is in a church and she's like, "Listen, we need something to get these women grounded in the Word, um, and and something you know supplemental that would help from the the Sunday gathering. It's the most important thing we do is the Sunday gathering, but something important, something. So how should they approach the the pastors of the church? How should they approach? <laughs> How would you approach the pastors know. of the church? You I, wouldn't I would do it because you're like, you, you, Jen, <laughs> Jen is a hardcore introvert that uh, it, it doesn't like uh, confrontation people. or people. No. <laughs> <laughs> but how would you no. count? Like, let's say there's a woman, because women call you all the time for counsel and everything. How would you encourage them to approach the elders of a church to say, hey, I think we need something for the women? I think just like that, just to you know, make an appointment with your pastor and, and, and talk to them and say, I really think that this would be a, a valuable and good thing for women to, to have, to have a yeah. Bible study or a discipleship group. Can we start discipleship groups or, I don't know, something if, like that. Listen, if, if you in your church, so I'm talking to pastors here, <clears throat> if you don't have women in your church that you trust as theologians and as teachers to uh, equip women, then you are doing a terrible job at making disciples. And you either either don't, so it's either one of two things. You don't know the women of your church, or you have not done a good job of discipling the people mm-hmm. in your church. You should be able to tap certain women and say, uh, I want you to go ahead and get going and get the, get the women of the church united around the gospel and around theology and around the Bible and, and, and take off with it. If you can't do that, there is a real problem in the church. Absolutely. So. Yeah, it shouldn't just also it shouldn't just be a mom's group or a marriage group either. I mean, women are more than wives and mothers. You know, they're part yeah. of the royal, the part of the royal priesthood, and they should know what that is. Um, they are also called to defend, you know, to be defenders of the faith, and mm-hmm. and so there, it goes beyond being a wife and mom. And right. a lot of times, churches or women as well seem to act as if there's only Titus two and, and Proverbs thirty one. Right. But mm. there is more to the Bible. But the that. whole of Scripture speaks to this this endeavor that God has called us to to exhort one another and rebuke one another, and that applies to pastors to congregations, but also Christians to one another and women to women. Like yep. this should be something like <clears throat> women should read uh, Colossians one twenty eight and twenty nine, two of my favorite verses, where Paul says that we uh, exhort everyone and we warn everyone, we admonish everyone with all wisdom, that we might present everyone complete or mature in Christ. And that is the responsibility of all teachers in the church, mm-hmm. women to women as well. Right. So that they can then on their own look at some of these other books that they find in bookstores or whatever being promoted online and say, you know what, there's something not right about this. Right. Okay. So then I guess also then going with that, speaking to pastors, then there needs <laughs> to be places or opportunities uh, for that kind of training, right? The, for that kind of training, helping not just women, but I, I want to say all leaders in the church, uh, for them to be learning how to be disciplers be, as they're being discipled themselves, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And well, at Redeemer, so, you know, we are a complementarian church. Some might consider us soft complementarian because we actually like men and women, and uh, we want to encourage women mm-hmm. to use all of their spiritual gifts and to go out. But we are complementarian, and Jen is a complementarian in that we believe that the role of elder pastor, same thing, is limited to qualified and called men in a local church. But we have, and we've recently had to make some changes because 
um, in Leadership Lab. Leadership Lab at our church used to be something where we would train up men to grow in their gifts, to grow in their leadership uh, potential and responsibility so that we could turn them loose to do what they're called to do. And it was only something that we provided for men. But as we got feedback from the congregation and as we prayed about it, we realized, we agreed, we, this needs to be open to men and women so that women can um, grow in their gifts and disciple other women and learn how to grow in their preaching and speaking abilities in their appropriate context. And so we've, we've changed that. And yeah. so now we, uh, and I know your wife, Michelle, at the next Leadership Lab is going to be teaching. That's right. Um, and we're going to critique her just like we do everybody else and help her to become the best communicator and teacher that she can be. So that's something that elders and pastors and churches should be doing. So, uh, Jen. Go ahead. Sorry, you, Joe had mentioned about books. What books would you recommend? Um, just, just a few of your favorites, like things <laughs> yeah. that are good. A few of my favorites. Okay, like I said, Gloria Furman is some, one of my favorite authors. Jen Wilkins, anything by her. What's the new one from Gloria <laughs> Furman? Do you remember the title? It is called Missional Motherhood. It's got the best cover of the year. <laughs> so I'll and just it's say not that. just about, I mean, this is a book that can be read by singles as well. It's, it goes beyond mothering actual children. It goes beyond that. She's a great writer. She's deeply theological yes. and accessible, which is a great combination. Theological, mm-hmm. biblical, and accessible <clears throat> yeah. um, through Crossway Publishers. So that's a good one. Yeah. Some of the, I really think we should, we need to get back to reading the classics. The, I mean, there's a reason why, you know, Thomas Watson's books are still around <laughs> because they're amazing. He's um, one of your favorites. <clears throat> he is one of my favorite Puritan writers, but they're not easy to read. And you have to put away, put aside that desire to read a book every other week like it's okay to slow down you don't have to read 45 books um it's okay to just you know read a paragraph and put it away and think about it it's but it's it's worth it what's one of your favorite <coughs> classic works i already know the answer but like what's one by of your john Ang- angel james or angle james we don't know I don't how to know pronounce his middle name <laughs> john james <laughs> john a james yes it's called female piety um, who is that written for it was actually written for young girls, maybe young teenage girls. But, um, yeah, it would be something that's actually... You read for, that at Moody, I remember. Not, uh, right after Moody. Was not it after Moody? Moody? Yeah, it was... I, know, I remember you read that, and you were like, this is one of the greatest books I've ever read. <laughs> well, it was nice to see a man from the 1800s who had an extremely high view of, of women right. because of the Word of God. And so, yeah, he goes through everything. He talks about a woman's mission. He talks about, you know, motherhood, um, talks about Mary and Martha. I mean, he has, it, it's a, it's a, not a big book, but it's a bigger book. Um, so, yeah, there's just. Anything else you want to recommend? Um, Practical Theology for Women by Alsup. Wendy, Wendy Alsup. Alsup. Yeah, that's good. Very good. It's a very small book. So that's really good. Really, any, any of the Puritans? Good. Good. And I like that you're saying that. Like, you don't have to just read books for women or not book, books yeah. written by women. Uh, they're just good theological books. And But we definitely need to highlight those that are written by women because we've done a bad job yeah. uh, as evangelicals highlighting that. We got time for a mailbag? Uh, what do we, how long are we going? About an hour. Let's do mailbag. We'll make it a long one. All right. Mailbag. Jen, you can get on mailbag. Jen, you can get on this one. You ready? <laughs> this is by... Uh, Brandon Schroeder. I knew a guy. I knew a Schroeder who um, broke into my house and stole a bunch of our stuff. That's cool. I'm, I'm positive this is him. Okay. <laughs> Here's the subject, Jen. Here we go. Uh, Jonathan Edwards and slavery. Oh. 
Hey guys, love the podcast. I was just wondering if you could explain why some people discredit Jonathan Edwards because he owned slaves. Thanks. So probably because slavery is bad. Yeah, they probably <laughs> discredit him because owning owning people is really <laughs> sinful and it's awful. Wrong. So I, I guess is he asking is he asking this question like I guess I'm trying to understand his question. Like is he saying are they trying to discredit Jonathan Edwards? Like saying you can't read anything by him, or is he actually calling into question? Did Jonathan Edwards actually have slaves? Well, we know for a fact. I know. I'm just saying I can't yeah. understand yeah. his question. So we know for a fact that Jonathan Edwards owned people, mm-hmm. and he had slaves that worked in the farm. Uh, he had house slaves, and, and I, I think at one point he owned as many as or employed, however you want to put it. Um, uh, is it really employed? Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's. Not, I would yeah, say yeah. owned. Um, so uh, that would mean like a fair wage and yeah. living conditions and so the, the, treated the, with respect and dignity. Here, here's the the bottom line: um, people who owned people in America through the transatlantic slave trade were engaging in horrific sin. Yep, and it needs to be called out for what it is. Um, it's you can say that it's a blind spot but that's not enough it's worse than that um for whatever reason however it happened some good theologians uh, were very corrupt in their understanding of humanity as it relates to various races which in and of itself is a wrong concept but different ethnicities and people from different parts of the world now, I can't speak at length about Jonathan Edwards, but what I would say is when you're reading people from various times and places, they are going to have corruptions in their theology, and this should help to wake us up to know, number one, they were sinners and they are not perfect in their theology. Um, I, I've talked about it before, but Propaganda's uh, amazing piece called Precious Puritans was really helpful for me because I have tended to elevate Puritans to almost a, a, a status of perfection. I idealized them, and it, it, he helped me to realize that, wow, you know what, Maybe perhaps not the Puritans that we are known for reading, but many Puritans in the 17th century did in fact own slaves and were pro-slavery, or at the very least never argued against it except for like Richard Baxter. So we need to recognize when there's a problem and we need to call it out as such and not make defenses and not make apologies. But I did want to, when I saw this email, it made me think of Ken Jones, who wrote an article in Modern Reformation that I read when I was a student in college. So I looked it up. And here's one thing that he had to say about George Whitfield and his owning of slaves. Ken Jones said this, Consider the case of George Whitfield the great 18th century evangelist of the Great Awakening, and the issue of slavery. Here is a case that should reinforce the fact that what we are politically is to be viewed apart from what we are spiritually. Whitfield, from all indications, seemed to believe that the black slaves of the American colonies were men and women created in the image of God and should be respected as such. He had an overwhelming desire to educate them and to preach the gospel of Christ to them. Yet... Whitfield used his considerable influence in an effort to bring slavery into Georgia. Some of Whitfield's contemporaries disagreed with his position, 
but Christians and church leaders differing on the issue of slavery were not uncommon. As an African-American, my views of Whitfield's politics may be quite critical, although I consider myself a spiritual heir to his evangelistic legacy. That's from Ken Jones in an article, Can Politics Save from Modern Reformation in 1994? So what I would say is what propaganda said in his, um, in his piece called Precious Puritans, that God uses crooked sticks to draw straight lines. That though Whitfield did something, I think, terrible, and Edwards did something terrible, um, we can learn from them where they are right, and we need to be very aware and very careful where they are wrong. And we need to be sensitive to that. So that when we start promoting a reformed theology in a historical context, we have to acknowledge where there were errors in those eras and among those people, particularly as it relates to race, slavery, and justice, because oftentimes there is. So when it comes to Jonathan Edwards, I would say, read Jonathan Edwards. Um, if, if you can do it, Edwards is like, he, ri he writes very densely and logically, and he's not easy to read. Uh, some of the Puritans before him were easier to read than Edwards, but Edwards was brilliant and had a lot of great things to say, but he was also wrong. And so we need to be able to call out our brothers and sisters when they are wrong, especially from within our own tribe, the Reformed tradition. So I would say read Edwards, but be aware that he had major problems in his worldview, and we need to address those as well. All right. Well, I thanks, think, Jen. I'm thanks, so glad. Jen. We got a good podcast. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Also, we want to say a big thanks to Justin Bond of J Bond Media, the audiovisual wizard of doctrine and devotion. If you got any audio and visual needs, go ahead and hit him up. You can head on over to his website, jbondmedia.com. Hit the contact us page, and he will get you set up. You can also leave us a honest five-star review at uh, iTunes. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can check out Jen's stuff over at her blog, jenthorne.com. Am I right? Okay, Jen, so you've been writing for something called Love God Greatly for a long time. Tell us about that. Okay, so Love God Greatly is an online Bible study ministry for women. Um, we have, it's been growing like crazy. We have about 300,000 followers right now. We have about 20,000 women who join us um, for every session. And we basically just put together Bible studies for them to use. Um, we have it translated into 18 different languages. And we'd want to give it away for free because we don't want finances to be a hindrance to anybody wanting to study the Bible. So the Bible studies and everything that you guys put together, there's no cost. There's no cost. You can download the PDF for free, print it off. Um, if you want a bound copy, then you can buy that on Amazon. Um, but yeah, we have it. It's, we take books of the Bible. We break it into eight-week um, studies. We um, suggest some memory verses, some questions. But really, it is the women who do the work because we believe that we've been given brilliant minds mm -hmm. that can um, understand and learn God's Word. Great. And do they have an app? I think they have an app, right? They do have an app, yes. We have uh, okay, uh, okay. Here they go. Here it comes. How much does that cost? Yeah. <laughs> okay, how much? I don't think it costs anything, actually. Oh, ooh, okay. Pretty cool. So, okay. I'm, just, I'm impressed with, um, with Love God Greatly because I, I know you've been with them for a long time, and I'm, mm -hmm. I've just been impressed with uh, everything that I've seen come out of them. So, okay, cool. Thanks for sharing. And also for Club 31 Women. Club 31 Women. Jen writes regularly there. And, Once a month. What's up with Kirk Cameron? Kirk Cameron, every time Jen writes an article, Homeboy links to her article. 
every it's time. Not, not every time. Pretty much every time. Even, homeboy, even the last homeboy one. links to you, links to you all the time. Oh, What's up, Kirk? Hey, I'm on to you, bro. <laughs> I am on to you, bro. I know you're linking to my wife's stuff. Um, so yeah, please check out uh, jenthorne.com. You can follow her on Instagram. Instagram. Jenthorne74. Or is that yep. just? Yeah, I think so. At yeah. jenthorne74. Follow her there. And we've got Fresh Pod coming at you every Monday and Thursday. Later. Later.